This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher. has organized and taken charge of the James Gregory expedition for the purpose of tracing, if possible, Gregory's son, Brian, the lost archaeologist. Atan Tom, a suave, highly cultured oriental, believes Tarzan to be the missing scientist. Wolf, a corrupt guide, and Magra, an Eurasian girl, both tools of Tom, have attached themselves to the Gregory party in order to gain possession of a map showing the location of the forbidden city of Asher, which Tom believes Tarzan has. On a Congo riverboat, the night before the party is due to arrive at Bonga, the starting point of the safari into the jungle, a mysterious message falls at the feet of Darno. It is the following morning. The boat has docked at Bonga. Larson, the sweet hunter, is actively in charge of the unloading of the supplies and equipment. Or Tarzan is directing the natives. Mango, Bosho. You old men work like ticky ticky. <laughs> On the fringe of this scene of mad excitement, Helen Gregory stands with her father and Lieutenant Darnall. 
Look, Lieutenant, it's just like a three-ring Tarzan certainly understands how to handle natives. Maybe. The jungle and the natives are like an open book to Tarzan. But if you, Monsieur Gregory, had not made previous arrangements through Monsieur Mitchell, we might have been tied up here for weeks. Wolf, the hunter, and Margaret stand together behind a shed at the end of the dock. You will ruin everything we try to be possible. We can only get the map through diplomacy. Diplomacy? Ach, bah. Just leave it to me, Matra. There's only one way. Kultaki's force. The landing of supplies is finished. Tarzan has assigned the last of the pails and boxes to the waiting bearers, and the head of the safari is just leaving the little river town of Bonga to plunge into the jungle. Well, Tarzan, by Yemeni, we've been making a good beginning, and we are off into the blue. Yes, Larson, but we cap early tonight. These people aren't used to jungle travel. A good idea. And I know you're the place for the first camp. All right. Go ahead, then, and from now on, you'll take charge of camp bearers and leaders. Yes, sure. You have everything ready in there, you fit. If Larson is to take the lead, Tarzan, might be a good idea for me to bring up the rear. Uh, to keep an eye out for lost equipment on native stragglers, huh? Yes, Wolf, and you might as well keep that position. Now that I know that we're underway, let's catch up with the others. Uh, Pacific, I have a little surprise for you. What is it? On the boat last night, when you and the others had gone to bed, Larson came to me with a story about Wolf. He is suspicious of the German. Oh, so? Wolf told Larson all about the map of Asher. Hmm, the map again, huh? And while Larson was talking, someone threw a note at my feet. Threw a note at your feet? Yes, tied around a block of wood. What did it say? I have it here in my pocket. I shall show it to you. Tonnerre! Well? It is gone. Are you sure you put it in your pocket? Positive, in, in this one. Well, what did it say? Just two words. Watch. What? Who threw the note? I have been thinking about that. There is only one person who might wish to warn us in that particular manner... And you know who it is as well as I. Magra. Vraiment. And it most certainly corroborates Larson's story. But why would Magra send the warning that way when she could have told either of us in the morning? I do not know, unless unless she is afraid of wolf. In that case, Darno, we'll do as the note says. Watch wolf. Now let's catch the others. Yeah, but, but you are nervous, mon ami. Is it because of what I have just told you? Oh, no, it, it's these clothes. They're tight and uncomfortable. I, I can't move freely in them. <laughs> Put it. But civilization demands that you keep them on, at least until the others have become accustomed to your jungle habits. <laughs> civilization. That's why I'm in the jungle again, to get away from your civilization, which breeds such men as Tome, Wolf, and Lautas. You have to confront, Tarzan. Ah, but look, Mademoiselle Hélène seems to be awaiting us beside the trail there. Why are you lagging behind the others, Mademoiselle? Perfectly, Lieutenant Darno. I wanted to speak to you and Tarzan. What is it, Miss Gregory? Well, it's about Dad. One of the chief reasons for my being here is to look after him. This is all bound to be new to him, you know, and, and perhaps difficult. I understand. And for that reason, we're traveling only a short distance today. In fact, we shall soon arrive at our first camp, Mademoiselle, which Larson is already preparing. riverboat which is just Loango, Tom and Lal Task are seated together in its stern discussing their plans for following Tarzan and the Gregory expedition. 
is it not possible that we will arrive in Bunga before Brian Gregory's expedition has entered the jungle, Atan? Oh, that is very unlikely, Laltask. Gregory, eager to get underway, will permit no delays. Certainly, his object is to reach what he believes to be Tuenbaka, the mountain wherein our share is said to be hidden as quickly and secretly as possible. And Magra, if she fails to attach herself to their party... Magra will not fail me. She's clever. <laughs> you have never given her due credit, my friend. Yet, if she fails... In that case, she will await us at Panga, and we shall follow the Gregory party as we have planned a day or two behind them. When do you propose to overtake Brian Gregory? Not until he is close to his destination. And how are we to learn when that will be? That will be for you to find out. It will be your duty to keep in touch with Magra if she is with them, or Wolf if she is not. That will have to be done at night. Brian Gregory will certainly watch his back trail during the day. As I would if I were in his place. <laughs> However, we have merely to exercise care in our movements, and he need never know that we are following him. At my suggestion, Wolf will bring up the rear of Gregory's party. Which should make it less difficult and dangerous to Wolf or Magra. Dangerous? In what way? Because Brian Gregory is already suspicious of us. He's resourceful and powerful as a water buffalo. I know. He nearly killed me the other night at the hotel. And you are not anxious to come to grips with him again, eh? Is that it, eh? <laughs> if it happens again, I shall kill him. You will not kill Brian Gregory, my friend. At least not until the map of our share is in my hands or until he has found the way into Tuenbaka. You understand? I shall protect myself again. Do you understand? I, I understand that, Tantum. Meanwhile, a few miles above Bonga, the Gregory Safari is making its first camp in the African jungle. The soft, velvety blackness of night has crept out of the forest and settled densely about the thorn boma encircling the encampment of whites and blacks. The chatter of monkeys and the commotion of birds dies away to give place to the wild calls of savage life awakening to the hunt. The Gregory party has gathered about its campfire after supper for a few last moments of talk before turning in for the night. Hey, Yemeni, listen to that fella. I bet you he's been hungry. I've heard that lions or any of the big cats won't bother a man unless they are hungry. But <laughs> when they sing out like that, I'd rather be up a good high tree. <laughs> In the melee jungles, they've seen tigers go up trees. Oh, good heavens, I didn't know lions and tigers could climb trees. I've never heard of that. Is it a fact, Tarzan? Well, there are no tigers in Africa, but I have seen Numa reach the lower branches of a small tree. Numa? What animal is that? Numa, Mademoiselle Magra, is what the great, uh, certain tribe of jungle dwellers call the lion. The natives call him Simba. Jiminy, that fellow been close. He sounds like a big one, too. Uh, is there any danger, Tarzan? No. Mm, not if you stay inside the boma. 
I wouldn't want to be outside that thorn fence and meet Mr. Leo. You are afraid of Numa, of the lion's wolf, huh? <laughs> With a good rifle in my hands and plenty of distance between us, no. Well, I hope they leave us alone. I'm not at all anxious to meet them. Even with a good rifle. No, I, my dear. The closest I have ever been to a lion or ever wished to be is on the outside of a good, strong cage with a lion inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Mr. Gregory. Lions are beautiful, but from a distance only. Yeah, sure. And they won't bother you if you leave them alone. Look, the natives. They are beginning to dance. Looks like they're getting ready for a powwow of some kind. They are merely celebrating the fact that they are employed, Monsieur Gregory. Uh, they'll keep it up all night. Not in spilling November. November? Native beer, mademoiselle. It is quite the usual thing among native barrers. And we may be here for two, three days, waiting for them to get over the effects of their yak. Yeah, uh, better put a stop to it before they go too far. Leave them alone, Wolf. Their celebration won't hold us up. Yeah, but mine God, Tarzan, if they build themselves up with that stuff, they won't be worth a penny in the morning. I'll take care of that. Look at that big black fellow, whirling like a pinwheel. He seems to be getting out of his way. The fellow's getting pretty excited. They see that he is. There's no need of frightening Monsieur Gregory and the ladies. Keep quiet, nothing. That big boy is going to run a moat. He has picked up a spear and is shaking it at us. Oh, man, that fellow is coming straight for our fire. I'm going to poke that boy. Put that gun away, Wolf. Put that gun away. Oh, but, oh son. Lieutenant, you better get the women out of the way. Put that gun away, Wolf. You too, Larson. Stay where you are, everybody. But, oh, son, you have the weapon. Pray leave, man. Take this gun. Now, put it away and stand back. Dono, take care of the women. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher.
in the French-African port of Loango, Tarzan and Darno meet the father and sister of the lost archaeologist Brian Gregory, for whom Tarzan is mistaken by Atan Tom and his mysterious woman companion, Magra. Tarzan takes charge of the Gregory expedition, organized to search for young Brian Gregory. Tom, believing Tarzan to have in his possession a map showing the location of the forbidden city of Asher, manages to bribe Wolf, one of the Gregory guides and hunters, who, with the help of Magra, is ordered by Tom to secure the map and deliver it to him. As the scene opens, we find the Gregory party aboard the little river steamer, which will carry them up the Congo to Bonga, where the trek into the jungle is to begin. Well, Darno, I'm sorry you're not going with us. I'll miss you. Why, I thought Lieutenant Darno was going. He told me this morning he'd arranged his plan so he could go. Yes, uh, voyez, Tarzan. While Mademoiselle Gregory and I were shopping this morning, I cabled Paris for three months' leave, and so I am with you. Well, well, Lieutenant, that's a pleasant surprise. Daughter and I would be mighty glad to have you. But the lights, the music, the boulevards of Paris, Darno. Yesterday you were almost in a hurry to leave Africa. That, mon cher ami, was yesterday. And besides, when I leave for France, it may be a very long time before I see you again. If we, alors, if you do not object, I shall go with you. I'm glad, Arno. Miss Gregory is a very charming young lady, isn't she? Oui, ma vieille branche. Elle est magnifique. Our equipment and supplies been loaded. All right, Larson. Where is Wolf? He's up forward. He just came out. Then as our traps were the last to be loaded, I suppose we'll be leaving soon. Yeah, they are preparing to cast off now, Monsieur Gregory. Well, Mr. Tarzan, thanks to Larson, everything is in good order. Uh, I would have been aboard sooner, but uh, I had some personal business to take care of. All right, Wolf. Any orders? No, not now. We'll have enough to do when we're on safari. Well, they'll be in my cabin if you want. Larson and I are bunking together. Mr. Tarzan. I don't like that man, Dad. Wolf? What's the matter with him? Something about his eyes, I guess. They're too... too curious. They seem to be probing, searching for something all the time. Did you notice how he emphasized Tarzan's name twice? <laughs> Up to your old tricks, eh, daughter? Letting your imagination get the better of you? Wolf's all right. He wouldn't be here if he wasn't. How about it, Tarzan? He's all right. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Only he spoke your name as though he doubted its authenticity. I didn't notice. I've never seen him before, and he doesn't know me. Forget it, Helen. The man's bound to be all right, or Mitchell would not have hired him. When do we get to Bunga, Tarzan? Tomorrow, before noon. If, as Mitchell said, his arrangements have been completed and the bearers are waiting, we'll camp in the jungle tomorrow night. We do not spend the night in Bunga, then, eh? No reason for it. We want to get underway as soon as possible. That's your idea, isn't it, Gregory? Yes, I want to get started on the search for Brian as quickly as I can. Well, you men can sit up and talk as long as you like, but I'm turning in. It's late, and I'm very tired. Good idea, daughter. I think I'll follow your example. Good night, Tarzan. Lieutenant Darnell. Pardon, Miss Gregory. Will you step into my cabin one moment, please? What? Please come in only for a moment. I wish to speak with you about your expedition. Our expedition? Why? Yes, I'll come. What about the expedition? You are going into the Belgian Congo, are you not? To the region of Tuenbaka? You know of Tuenbaka, the mountain of sunrise? A year ago, I traveled in that region on safari. I was unable to finish my mission there, and I'm returning now. Oh, not alone? Yes. But when I learned from Mr. Mitchell that you are going to the same region, I thought it would be so much better to travel with a large party and in the company of another woman. Oh, of course. It must be rather trying for a woman to undertake such a trip alone. I understand 
You'd like to join our party? If I could. Oh, I'm so happy that you do understand. And I'm sure I will cause you no inconvenience. I am accustomed to travel in the jungle. You see, I had intended to organize my own little safari in Bonga. But now... Oh, there's no need for that now. I'll speak to Father and Tarzan. I'm sure it can be arranged. Tarzan? He's taking charge of our expedition. But your name, I, I'm afraid I didn't catch it. My name is Magra. Magra? Magra, why... Why, Tarzan mentioned that name at dinner last night. Yes? He asked if my brother had ever mentioned your name in any of his letters to us. And did he? No, but... But I gathered that Tarzan seemed to think you knew him. Oh, tell me, Miss Margaret, did you know Brian? Yes, I did. He disappeared from the expedition of which we were both members. And he has never been heard of since. That was a year ago, no? Exactly. And that's just why we're going into the Belgian Congo now, to look for him. So, you are going to search for Brian Gregory. Yes, and since you knew him, it would be awfully nice having a friend of his with us. I'll go now and speak to Tarzan, and I'll see you in the morning. Good night. Good night, Miss Gregory. <laughs> Who is it? Oh, open the door. He would have a woman aboard from whom I should take orders. Well, there's only two women here. You must be the one that he meant. And did the Atan tell you to come to me? <laughs> he said that you would make yourself known by the word Akish. But that is not necessary now. I know that you are the one. So, uh, about the map. I do not know where it is. Ah, but I do. And I've seen it. You... You have seen it? Yeah, just a glimpse. Uh, when I went to the hotel this afternoon to get some information from this so-called Tarzan, uh, he was looking at it with the girl and her father. Then Tarzan has it? Nein, nein, the girl. He gave it back to her. Now listen, our job is to get that map. I'll play along with you and help all I can. If you can get it, sing out. Then leave it to Wolf. I think maybe I can handle this job better than you. Mm, you will leave that to my judgment. Remember, you are taking orders from me. All right, all right. Have it your way. Work on the girl. She's got the map. And if you fail, then my way, huh? Now I'm going. When you want me, give me a sign. When I want your help, I will let you know. <laughs> kind of a little spitfire, huh? Well, I, I like him that way. Uh, you're a fine little trick. And I see that we're going to get on well together. After you know old Hermann Wolf. Hmm? Good night. Hello, Dutchie. Where you been all evening? Oh, just looking around, sweet. Getting acquainted with our father. What's going to matter with you? You act nervous, walking up and down. Go to bed like me. Ah, I don't like the smell of things, Larson. Hmm? This, uh, this trek we are on, too much secrecy. Hmm? And this fella, Tarzan, he gets the job I am hired for. Why? He been a good, a fine fellow. Ah, yeah, maybe. But that don't make him a good jungle, man. No, sweet, I don't like the setup. I want to know more about where we are going and why. We know where and why. We go to the upper Congo to look for Mr. Gregory's boy. <laughs> to look for Gregory's boy? <laughs> Does this good? Yes, sure. <laughs> well, suppose, Larson, that Gregory's boy is on this boat. Huh? On this boat? I don't understand. Just that boat over your head. Yeah. Now, 
Suppose young Gregory is here. Suppose he has a treasure map. Suppose I know where that map is. Yes, sir. Suppose all that. What next do I suppose? Suppose you and I had that map. Yes. Just between us. Hmm? Now listen. That paper is important for these people to outfit a big safari. Hmm? And to keep their real purpose undercover. Yes, sure, Dutchie. What do you think been their real idea in going up into the Congo? Oh, my God, you blockhead. Shall I draw a picture of it? It must be treasure. Thousands of pounds. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe hundreds of thousands. And hours for the taking. What do you say? A treasure hunter. And they ain't been going to look for the old man's boy. Hmm, that been interesting, Wolf. Yeah, but here's something else interesting. Tarzan is old man Gregory's son. On the stern of the little river steamer, Tarzan and Darno are listening to Helen Gregory's report of her conversation with Margaret. Well, she claims to have been on safari before and accustomed to jungle travel. Mm-hmm. And, and so this young lady now wants to join her party. Why, mademoiselle? Oh, a logical reason, I believe, Lieutenant. She must realize that she'll be safer with a large party. Perhaps. Uh, did she say definitely where she is going? Well, she mentioned to Anbarka. But what interests me most is the fact that she knew Brian. Oh, she knows your brother? Yes, and under those circumstances, why not take her with her? I... I think maybe we should. But Tarzan, Magra, with us, the woman who... Yes, tried... Arnold. It's a good idea to have her with us. She, she'll be company for Miss Helen. Thank you, Tarzan. The fact that you also know her, or at least have met her, as you said last night, makes it more like a family party. And she's very beautiful, Lieutenant. So I have heard, Mademoiselle. Well, good night. I'll see you all at breakfast. Good night, Miss Margaret. So your friend Margaret is aboard. Significant, is it not? And yet, you agree to allow an enemy to join our ranks? I'm not so sure she is my enemy. She tried to help me last night. After enticing you into the trap. That's true, but... Oh, I'd rather have her here with us where I can watch her. And I'm going to bed. Are you coming? I shall finish my cigarette and follow you. One way, Tarzan. Good night. The enemy in our camp. Lieutenant Daniel. Pardon. Oh, Lasso, not in bed yet? No, I got something in my mind. Alors, what is it? Say, set home, Wolf. Ah, vous parlez français, hein? Uh, yeah, you're still at What about Wolf? Is there somebody in our party that has a map, a valuable map? A map? Where did you get that? Who told you anything about a map? That fellow, Wolf. He knows all about it. Nom d'un chien. Bien, come to the point. Well, just a little while ago, he come into our cabin and he tell me, Tarzan, eh, Tarzan. Wolf says that he been old man Gregory's son, the fellow we've been looking for, and he tells me about the treasure map Tarzan has... Why, him and he, there been a piece of wood and, but look, there been a piece of paper tied on it. Wood and, but look, there been a piece of paper tied on it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond are shared.
Tarzan and the Gregory Expedition are in their first camp in the jungle. Atan Tom and his confederate, Lal Tast, believing Tarzan to be Brian Gregory, and that he has a map showing the location of the forbidden city of Asher, are following the Tarzan Gregory safari. With the help of Wolf, a guide in the mysterious Magra, both members of the Gregory party, Tom hopes to gain possession of this map. In the Gregory camp, a native bearer runs amok and charges the group of whites gathered about their campfire. Tarzan's companions stand petrified as the crazed black bearer, brandishing a heavy spear, leaps toward the ape man with a blood-curdling yell. <laughs> He's got the spear away from him. Look out, Tarzan. Here's the knife. No, I'm going to shoot him. No, no. Leave Tarzan alone. Ah, you see? There goes the knife. Hey, Jiminy, he's the fella tied up so he can't do a thing. Fire, Sana. Toto sent me. Ah, sorry, Sana, on the dower. Poso, poso. God, he's making that fella listen to reason. Jumbo. Jumbo, Makubo, Falani. Baya son, Mokamba. Baba Menge, Menge Makubo. Gee, what strength. Ah, I would have killed that fellow and had it over me. And you would have made a mistake. Tarzan kills only when it is absolutely necessary. Eh? Voila! The black is returning to the natives as quiet as a lamb. But look, Tarzan! He's swinging into the trees. Do deeper, him. Just look at that. Hey, gee. Oh, Lieutenant Arno, Dad is fainted and I can't bring him to. Help me, please. Me, oui, me, oui. Here, I will hold him. And now, my brandy flask in my pocket. A word, a lasso. Yes, sure, Lieutenant. Yes, Lieutenant Arno. Are you two go over and calm down the natives. Yes, yes, yes sure. Hell, what is the matter with your father, Miss Helen? Can I help you? With his heart, Margaret. Is he subject to these attacks? Oh, yes, when greatly excited. I meant to tell you this morning back there on the trail when I told you he wasn't strong. Oh. Uh, Dad, no, it's all right. He's coming out of it now. Dad. Easy, Dad. Easy now. How is it, Dad? How is it? Very cool. Oh, all right, Helen. Foolish of me to drop off like that. Yeah, rest easy, Mr. Gregory. But Tarzan, the last I remember, my black rushing at him with a spear. Is he? Tarzan is all right, Monsieur Gregory. He is not hurt. Thank God for that. What happened to the native? Tarzan subdued him with his bare hands. It was the most surprising thing I have ever seen. Well, where is Tarzan? I don't see him. Well, he, he climbed up into the trees, Dad. And... Climbed into the trees? The native's been all right now. Yeah. Lieutenant, but the yelling got all the animals in the jungle stirred up. Yeah, and the big fellow is telling him that Tarzan is a jungle god who drove the devil out of it. I don't understand, Helen. You say Tarzan climbed into the trees? Yes, Dad, and I've never seen anything like it. He swung into the branches like a monkey. Well, why? Uh, where is he now? Do not worry, Monsieur Gregory. Tarzan is all right. You see, at one time in his life, he was forced to live alone in the jungle. And, and to escape from the wild beasts, he had to take to the trees. But, Lieutenant Arnaud, how could anyone learn to climb with such marvelous agility and such unbelievable speed? Mais alors, uh, vous savez, mademoiselle, uh, the practice makes perfect in anything. Your brother, Brian, Miss Helen... He has been in the jungle a long time, no? Why, yes. Why do you ask? I mean, before he vanished last year, had he been in the jungle many times? Why, yes, many times. Well, you see, as an explorer and scientist, he spent most of the last ten years in the African jungle. Has he ever lived in the jungle alone, as the lieutenant tells us Tarzan has? I know what she means, Helen. You see, Magra, on one of Brian's jungle trips, he became lost from his safari. And as Dano tells us, Tarzan was forced to do. 
Brian had to take to the trees because of the animals. Mais, Mademoiselle Magras, I understood that you knew Monsieur Gregory's son when he was here last. Did you not know that he had been in Africa before? He did not tell me. And I knew Brian for such a short time before he vanished. But your father, Mr. Tome, he knew my brother Will, didn't he? My father, Atantome. Oh, yes. Yes, he and your brother were very, very good friends. Well, a man would have to live in the jungle a long, long time to be able to climb trees like the tosser. Well, ye Dutchman, you just saw the man do it, didn't you? A fellow can't do anything to keep out of a lion's belly. <laughs> <laughs> I heartily agree with you, Lassen. With a hungry lion at my heels, I believe I could even do it myself. Hello, <laughs> mes amis. We have before us tomorrow a long jungle trek, and I suggest that we go to bed now and get what rest we can. Travel in the jungle is not easy. What about Tarzan? Out there somewhere, alone? Hadn't we better organize a search party? Tarzan, Monsieur Gregory, is well qualified to take care of himself. I should not worry about him. But we couldn't possibly go on without him, Lieutenant. Suppose a lion or, or some other animal should attack him. Mademoiselle, when you have seen Tarzan as... But never mind that. He will be here when we are ready to continue tomorrow. Now, I repeat, we should all go to bed. And I, for one, agree with you, Donald. I admit I'm rather played out. Lieutenant, are you sure Tarzan can find his way back to camp? Did not Lord Tennington tell you that Tarzan knows the jungle better than any man living? Donald's right, Helen. Well, I'm turning in, folks. Good night. Hey, ye many ye. Fate! Look up there in that tree. Get your gun, Wolf. It been a gorilla. Attendez, attendez, wait, mes enfants. Wait a minute. I believe a gorilla, Larson, is a friend of ours. Huh? Tarzan! Coming, Donald! Great Scott! Is that Tarzan? Yeah. It, it can't be. Why, he's clothed. When he comes down into the circle of firelight, you will see that it is Tarzan. He is clothed in his usual jungle attire. My good gracious. Uh, a leopard skin. Oui, mademoiselle, a leopard skin, which he always wears under his outer garments, no matter what they may be. Look, look how he comes down out of those trees. I tell you again, a man would have to spend most of his life in the jungle to be able to do that. With such complete indifference, look how graceful he is. Well, he's like... He's like a... Like a Greek god, Miss What's the matter with all you people? You act excited about that. <laughs> excited? Hardly the word. Say a surprise. <laughs> and quite naturally, mon ami. When our friends saw you fly through the trees like an arrow from a bow, they were, were astounded. Yeah, especially at the manner in which you left us. By the way, Mr. Tarzan, what did you do with your clothes? That, uh, that leopard skin you have had. Nothing to be surprised at, Wolf. In the jungle, the skin of Sheeta is enough for me. Sheeta is hungry tonight. We went to the trees to see if he is near our camp. Was there any more trouble with the natives, Darno? No, no, no. Contraire, but the two. The lesson you gave the big fellow was enough. <laughs> Wolf says that he is your friend for life. Ah, what that fellow needs is a taste of black snake. There'll be no whipping of natives, Wolf, while I'm in charge of this safari. It's the only way to handle him. Put the fear of caught in them with a whip. Oh, but you're the boss. Handle them your way. I am going to turn in. Good night. I started to bed once tonight. Perhaps I can make it this time without interruption. See you all in the morning. Good night. Good night. Good night. On such a beautiful night, one cannot go to bed. Listen. What are they? Crickets? 
Well, there must be millions of them. Uh, Mademoiselle, you will see many, many such nights before you strike civilization again. And after you've been in the jungle as long as they've been, listening to those fellows out there, you won't think the night's so fine. Well, Mr. Larson, you can't mean you don't enjoy it. Larson, Mademoiselle Elaine, hears threats in the many-throated voice of the jungle night, which we do not hear at all. Yeah, sure I do. But I thank Mr. Tarzan here plenty more than me. Is that so, Tarzan? Yes. There are many voices of Tarmangani. Even Larson cannot hear. Listen. Why, I hear nothing but a general confusion of sound. You mean you can distinguish definite animal voices? Yes. That is Manu, the monkey. And that is Dango, the hyena, the jungle coward. And Darno, he will tell you who that is. Oh, very dear. One of the most intelligent of jungle beasts, Tantor the elephant. Right. <laughs> and that been a leopard. And he been plenty close. A leopard? Oh, it sounded more like a human cry, didn't it, Margaret? Oh, I, I thought she was still here with us. Oh, she she probably went to bed. Tarzan, Margaret did not go to her tent. She went around it and started toward the edge of the camp. Are you sure of that? Yes, I saw her. Lieutenant Darno, where is Tarzan going? After Margaret. She went back toward the end of the camp instead of to bed. But won't I thorn sense keep animals out? She's safe, isn't she? It been only a temporary boomer, Miss Helen. Any of the cats can jump over it. And Larson, keep your rifle handy in case the leopard does come over. Yes, yeah, sure. Spurred on by the knowledge that Sheeta's cry comes from the direction in which Margaret has gone, Tarzan swings lightly into the branches of a nearby tree and with the agile grace of Manu the monkey swarms upward. His sure feet tread a maze of tangled limbs high above the shadowy floor of the jungle. A slight movement on the ground below attracts his attention. Two dim figures meet at the base of the tree in which he momentarily pauses. Then swiftly... The ape man drops down from the middle terrace to perch silently on a great limb directly above Magra and Wolf. Magra, don't lie to me. Last night on the boat I was on deck. I saw Larson pick it up and give it to the Frenchman. He read it. Later, I stole it from his pocket. Yes, and what did this note say? Only two words. Watch, Wolf. You wrote that, Magra. Now... How would you like to have me tell Tom? No, huh? Wolf, not that. Ah, that's better. Oh, now, you be nice to Wolf, huh? He likes you. Play this game my way or the my... Wolf, my arm, you're hurting me. With incredible speed, the ape man drops lightly to the floor of the jungle directly behind Wolf. At the soft thud of bare feet, the German whirls his hand sticking to the gun at his hip. Tarzan! Tarzan, you! Yes, Wolf. So, eavesdropping, eh? Well, here is a good cure for that. Eavesdropping, eh? Well, here is a good cure for that. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher.
Tarzan is in charge of an expedition organized to search for the lost scientist Brian Gregory. The party consists of young Gregory's father and his sister, Helen, Magra, a mysterious Eurasian woman, and Wolf and Larson, two hunters. Seeking adventure with Tarzan is his old friend, Lieutenant Darnell. Atan Tome and his confederate, Lal Tosk, because of a remarkable resemblance, believe Tarzan to be Brian Gregory, and that he has a map showing the location of the forbidden city of Asher, where is hidden an enormous gem known as the Father of Diamonds. Atan Tome and Lal Tosk are following the Gregory party. During their first night in camp, a native runs amok and Tarzan subdues him, then swings off into the trees to return clad only in a leopard skin. He overhears Wolf threatening Magra and drops to the jungle floor behind the German. Wolf whirls his hand straight to the gun at his hip and... Must close, Wolf. But you're too slow. My God, don't! Don't break my arm! Why did you try to shoot me? Well, I... I thought you was going to kill me. Tarzan! Tarzan! Yes, Darno. It's all right. Listen, Wolf. I'm not going to tell the others the truth about this, but don't try it again. You, Wolf? What you been doing here? Well, we thought you had gone to bed. I, 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 uh, I shush. Wolf's eyesight isn't as good as it might be. Well, Lieutenant Darno, what is the matter? Nothing, Miss Helen. In the dark, Wolf mistook me for shit. Yeah, 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 that's, that's right. I, I heard that leopard and, and I came out here and, <clears throat> well, uh, Tarzan told you of my error. To err is human, Wolf. To forgive, <laughs> divine. Yeah, sure. But they know better when than that. Early to bed, to early to rise. Yes, There's Larson. A... We'll be on the trail at sunrise, and you people must get some sleep. Yeah. Above the jungle chorus of the night and beneath the winking stars comes the faint, far-off call of Numa as he settles upon his kill. The jungle stands throbbing under the soft, velvet sky. A thousand weird, mysterious voices floating out on the night. The camp is wrapped in deep slumber. All excepting Darnold. The Frenchman tosses wakefully upon his cot. Sacre bleu. I, I cannot sleep. What's the matter, Dono? I cannot sleep. And the fault, it is yours. My fault? Yes. That was a pretty story you told us about Wolf mistaking you for an animal. I saw him rubbing his arm as though it pained him. I saw you pick up his gun and give it to him. Why did you shield him? You know why we agreed to take Magra with us? Because of her connection with that Antoine. And so we could watch her. Remember the note you got on the boat the other night and lost? Of course. But how does that concern Wolf? You didn't lose that note. Wolf stole it. Hmm. I might have thought of that. But how could I'll he... i the point. When I went to find Margaret tonight, you know I went through the trees toward the edge of camp. I found her just inside the boma talking to Wolf. Ah, and so... I heard him threaten to expose her to Tom unless she does as Wolf says. When I dropped to the ground behind him, he tried to shoot me. Yeah, and I can guess what followed. You took his gun away and made his trying to kill you look like an accident. But why? I am certain now that Wolf is working with Tone. I want him with us for the same reason we agreed to take Magra. To watch him. Think me? Hello? And Wolf accused Magra of writing that note you got. She didn't deny it. <laughs> she knew it would have been useless. I'm not sure of Magra. She appears to be under Tone's orders, yet she warns us against Wolf. What do you think? Me? I do not know what to think. To me, Magra is a mystery. She is a beautiful woman. And beautiful women are usually dangerous. Helen Gregory is very beautiful. Me, me. That is entirely a different matter. Yes, yes, of course. Well, go to sleep, Arno. We'll know all about Wolf, Tome, and Magra sometime. Good night. Back along the dark reaches of the Congo River and far from the camp of Tarzan, the little riverboat carrying Atan Tome and Laltas to Bonga in the wake of the Gregory party turns its way slowly up the sluggish waters of the great river. On the afterdeck... 
Their cigarette ends alternately glowing and fading in the darkness. Tom and Lal Tosk are seated in deck chairs, quietly smoking. Sounds hungry. Uh, lions appear to be always hungry. Uh, all wild things in the jungle are hungry, Lal Tusk, especially at night. It's their hour to hunt. It is not always the wild things of the jungle, Master, who hunt. You mean? Uh, we, you and I, stop Brian Gregory to find two in Baca, our share. Father of diamonds. Yes. <laughs> the father of diamonds. Once you spoke of a weird legend in connection with the gem. The fabric woven with threads of superstition. Nevertheless, it is a queer story. Uh, some of it is quite plausible, most of it beyond the possibility of reason. Where did you hear the tale? I read it in Brian Gregory's diary. The story, as told to him by Macumbo, the Hosa witch doctor whom he befriended, was brought down to this country centuries ago by a band of Egyptian sun worshippers. And the diamond? Hmm. These people, Hesiherians, they call themselves, are said to have in their possession an enormous gem known as the Father of Diamonds. This stone contains allegedly a strange power, the control of which is known only to the Hesiherian rulers and their priests. Power? I do not understand. The power to hold those who touch the diamond itself in a mummy-like state of suspended animation. By the Lord, Porter. Which may be overcome, as the story goes, only through the performance of a certain ritualistic ceremony. And you wish to possess this stone of evil? Do you not fear its influence, Master? <laughs> ah, you are a true Oriental, Altask. Steeped in superstition from birth. If the city of our share actually exists, we will probably find it to be merely a secret shrine surrounded by a band of ignorant natives living in mud huts who have originated this fanciful tale to keep away the curious. And yet, I feel that evil will befall us in our search for this devil stone. <laughs> If the legendary gem is only one half the size it is said to be, we shall one day be rich. But this evil power, it is said to contain... A story manufactured out of whole cloth. Superstition, I tell you, which does not impress me. No, now does. If the diamond exists and we find it, I shall take it. A slight puff of wind sways the morning haze, lace-edged with the dawn light, and twines it into symbols of mystery, as the Gregory expedition, headed by Larson, takes up the day's trek into the jungle. Following close behind Larson are Helen, her father, and Magra. Bringing up the rear of the long, slow-moving column of bearers is Wolf. Near the center of the file, Tarzan and Darno continue their discussion the night before. Is it not surprising, Munami, how cordial Wolf is this morning? Not to me. He's like all the Termagani of his type. He hides his true thoughts behind a mask of good humor. But he must realize that some of us know you covered up his mistake of last night. If he does, he is also clever enough to conceal it. Back there at the end of the column, he will have plenty of time to grumble to himself. And perhaps plan. Plan? How do you mean? Oh, Sipa. But rest assured, mon vieux, we have not heard the last of his ill nature. Uh, nothing to worry about. Bien. 
He is with us. Do you know why? Tom must be the answer to that. Certainement. But why has Tom placed him in our safari or bribed him, which we may assume he did, once he was hired by Monsieur Gregory? I wish I could answer that. Ah, ça c'est bien simple. Tom believes you to be Brown Gregory. He thinks you have a map showing the location of this so-called forbidden city of Archier. Alors? Wolf after the map? Is that what you mean? That would seem to be the logical answer, n'est-ce pas? We are almost positive that is the reason for Margaret's being with us. As far as Wolf's concerned, perhaps you're right. But Margaret? I'm not so sure. Why did she warn you against Wolf? Why did she entice you into that hotel room in Luango? I tell you, Tarzan, oh, I can't... Oh, Oh, why are you so very serious? You two look as though the question of life and death itself rests on your shoulders. What's the secret? Oh, there's no secret, Mademoiselle Hélène. Tarzan and I were merely discussing the uh, object of our expedition, the possibility of finding your brother or trace of him on the... The, the... map which you have, Miss The Helen. map? Oh, yes. I only hope it's somewhere near accurate. Have you spoken to anyone about it? Shown it to anyone other than Darno and me? Why, no. I hadn't thought it necessary. I suggest you say nothing about it to anyone. Keep it with you on your person. Is it as important as all that? Well, Tarzan asks you to keep it with you so that that we may examine it from time to time to check our direction, our progress, and so forth. Oh, very well. When we go into camp tonight, I'll get it out of my bag and keep it with me. Bien, mademoiselle. And now, what do you think of the jungle by this time? No, oh, I love it. I wouldn't have missed this trip for anything. Out of Africa, always something new. It's certainly a true thing. Oui, mademoiselle, it is very apropos. But I suppose the jungle is more or less commonplace to you, Tarzan, having spent so much of your life in it. The jungle is never commonplace, Miss Helen. If it were, I wouldn't be here. The jungle is my... That is the only thing about your jungle I don't appreciate. The wild beasts. I'm not really afraid of them. But they do make me nervous when they roar like that. There's nothing to be afraid of. Well, perhaps not. But it sounds so so terribly savage. It makes my flesh creep. Tuma is only curious. He is coming to look us over. Satisfied that we mean him no harm, he will go on about his business. Unless he is hungry. Mm, nevertheless, I wouldn't care particularly to wander off from the safari, as Margaret insists on doing. Margaret? Has she left the column? Oh, she just wandered off into a little clearing over there. She went after some wild plums, I think. Numa is angry. He is stalking his prey. Go to the head of the column, you two, and stay there. I'm going after Margaret. A hundred yards to the right of the long file of bearers in a little clearing, Margaret stands beneath a wild plum tree. All unaware of the great beast crouching at the edge of the jungle, she calmly proceeds to fill her sun helmet with the luscious fruit. Numa, angry at the approach of man, his mortal enemy, snarls deep in his throat. He gathers himself for the charge. At the low sound, Margaret turns to look directly into the glaring yellow eyes of the lion. With a deafening roar, Numa hurls himself to the attack. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. 
Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher. Tarzan is in charge of an expedition searching for the lost scientist, Brian Gregory. In the party are Gregory's sister, Helen, his father, the mysterious Magra, and two white hunters, Wolf and Larson, and Tarzan's friend, Lieutenant Darno. Atan Tom Laltas believe Tarzan to be Brian Gregory, and that he has a map showing the location of the forbidden city of Asher. They are following the expedition, determined to get the map at any cost. Tarzan discovers Wolf and Magra plotting, and learns definitely that the German is in Tom's pay. Magra has strayed from the line of march and is attacked by a lion. At Numa's earth-shaking roar, Tarzan leaps upward, grasps the trailing vine, and flashes through the branches with breathtaking speed toward Magra. In full swing, Tarzan drops like a hurled spear upon the back of the charging lion. One mighty arm encircles the great throat. Vice-like leg gripped on his flanks. The arm tightens. Half-strangled Numa tries desperately to shake off the man's leg, clinging to his back. Then behind the shoulder, deep into the great heart, the man's leg sinks. Once. Twice. Magra, it's all over. My God, what are you? Who are you? I am Tarzan of the Apes. You, you killed a lion with a knife. I can hardly believe my own eyes. Are you convinced now that I am not Brian Gregory? I don't know what to think. Tarzan of the Apes? Sacré Tarzan, a big one, eh? Ah, mon vieux, you are more than ever astounding. Eh, hey, no. Oh, Margaret, thank God you're safe. Great Scott, what happened? Oh, God's healing. Did, did Tarzan kill that lion? I he? And, and that terrible yell? Numa attacked Margaret. I killed him, that's all. That's all? That's enough. 
You killed a full-grown lion with a knife? Yes, wolf. With nothing but a knife. He never saw anything like it. And that scream. He have heard it before. Somewhere. What did it? It was Tarzan. That inhuman shriek came from Tarzan? Yes, from Tarzan. Never mind that now. The important thing for you all to understand is that you must never wander off into the jungle alone. Does that mean me and Larsen too? Yes, mm. unless you have a good reason for going. Well, I guess we've been in the jungle long enough to use our own judgment. But you, Mademoiselle Hélène, and Monsieur Gregory, have seen what almost happened to Magra. It should be warning enough. Hmm, don't worry, Lieutenant. I'm cured. And that goes for me. My interest in lions ends right here. That yell Tarzan gave? I wish I could remember. Mother! Black boy, no good. By Asana. Masky Kidogo. Masky Kidogo Shenzi. Larson, back to your post. You two wolf. Yeah, I'm going. Come on, Larson. Yes, sure. What is it, Dono? Trouble? Well, the boy reported that the bearers were becoming restless. It isn't anything serious. Mais non, mademoiselle. Simply that, without a leader, the natives are like, like sheep. We'd better all go back. Come on. Are you over your fright, Margaret? Oh, yes, almost. And Tarzan, how can I ever thank you for... Never mind, Margaret. Just remember to stay with the safari hereafter. Tarzan... Let the other go ahead. I wish to speak with you. What is it? A moment ago you called yourself Tarzan of the Apes. Yes. What do you mean by of the Apes? I mean I am... But what difference does it make? To you and the others, I am Tarzan. Yes. I know now that you are not Brian Gregory. I told you that at the hotel in Longo. I did not believe you then. I am sorry. But the resemblance is so remarkable... Even to the scar on your forehead. I told you and Tom how I got it. Yes, I remember. In a fight with a gorilla. Is that true? I have said so. Is that not enough? Yes, Tarzan. Magra, I want you to answer some questions. Will you? Yes, if I can. How long has it been since you have seen Brian Gregory? It was about a year ago. Where? In Longo. Well, go on. What was he doing? He was preparing to go into the jungle in search of... Talking apes. You and Tom went with him? Yes, and Laltask. Where did you go? Up near to Mbaka. The natives call it the Mountain of Sunrise. Were Tom and Gregory partners in that expedition? No. Brian wanted us to go because... Because us and Tom had been in that region once before. Did you find the talking apes? No. Nor the city of Asher and the father of diamonds? The father of... I... Uh, I know so little of Asher and the diamond Tarzan. Atantum did not take me into his confidence. Did Brian Gregory? Brian Gregory? No. We left the expedition soon after he was lost. Were you near Tuenbaka, this mountain of sunrise, when he disappeared? Atantum said we were within three days' trek of the mountain. And this map Tom offered me 20,000 pounds for. Do you know anything about that? Oh, uh, oh, see there, Tarzan. I think Kellen and Lieutenant Dano are looking for us. Come. Must hurry. Oh. All right, Margaret. We'll join them. Meanwhile, growling sullenly at his handful of natives, Wolf strides along at the end of the column. His short, heavy black snake whip lashes out savagely at the underbrush beside the path opened by Larson's trail cutters. As the German lunges heavily past a thick clump of acacia trees, which conceals him for the moment from the rearmost of the bearers, a man steps into the trail from behind the trees. Ah, oh, So you fellas are on the trail, huh? Yes, I left Bunga at once upon landing. 
At Antome is coming up with a small safari. We are traveling light to make speed. Well, you have it easy, falling in our trail. We've got all the road cutting to do. It slows us up. That is what At Antome counted upon. Now, what have you done about the map? Nothing. And Magda, is she making progress? Also nothing. Tom is a fool to trust a woman with that job. She's playing up to Tarzan, uh, young Greg here. But that's who he is. In that, she is obeying Atan Tom's orders. Who has them up? Greg, eh? No, and his daughter. Uh, where does she sleep? With Magra. Uh, they are ten mates. Which should make it easy for Magra. Tell her that Atan Tom expects quick results. Quick results? <laughs> With diplomacy, huh? Well, if I was doing it, I would have that map by morning. Atan Tom trusts Magra. I would also use other methods, <laughs> but give Magra a chance. If she fails... Good, I understand. Now, I must catch up with the natives. If they miss me, and tell Tarzan. <laughs> you fear him, my friend? Do you fear lions? No, but I leave them alone. Mm, then leave Tarzan alone. He kills them with nothing but a knife. long day's trek is over. The Tarzan-Gregory party is in camp. The evening meal is finished. During the momentary lull in the general conversation, the awakening nightlife of the jungle chants its age-old song of hunt and kill. Each member of the group is wrapped in silent thought. Larson, puffing slowly at his pipe, stares thoughtfully into the glowing embers of the campfire. His slow-moving brain seems to be wrestling with a weighty problem. What is it, Larson, my friend? You have said nothing all evening. Eh, Ben, thinking about Tarzan. What about me, Larson? I suppose Mr. Larson's thinking about how you killed that lion today. Dave wasn't thinking about that. The most surprising thing to me is where Tarzan learned trick. No, that ain't yet either. Well, I thought I knew the jungle and the animals. But Tarzan begins where I leave off. A man who kills lions with a knife and climbs trees like an ape. An ape? Hey, golly, Dutchman, that's it. Now I remember that yell you heard today is the kill call of the bull ape. What? The bull ape? Why? Well, what do you mean? And he said Tarzan of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. I have seen those big fellas. But I, I have never heard that cry. Where did you hear it, Larson? In the moon near the country. They was down there after Ivory. Ah, je comprends. In the clearing which we came to, we saw two bull apes fighting. That was a sight. It was the most vicious battle I ever saw. Finally, one of them killed the other, put his foot on his chest, and gave that same yell heard this afternoon from Tarzan. How did you learn the call, Tarzan? Have you forgotten our conversation at Luango, Monsieur Gregory, when Tarzan told you that his foster mother was a native of Africa? I remember. And he said the name Tarzan meant white skin in the language of a certain tribe. I think the lieutenant knows more than he cares to tell. Well, Tarzan? Why not? You may explain if they are interested. I'm going over to talk with the headman. Oh, tell us, Lieutenant. His foster mother was a she-ape. She was the only mother he ever knew. You mean he was raised by a she-ape? That is why he calls himself Tarzan of the Apes. Oui, mother. It is a long histoire, a long story, mes amis, but I shall make it as brief as possible. Tarzan's father and mother were Lord and Lady Greystoke. 
They were marooned on the lonely bits of African coast. The great apes killed Tarzan's parents. Then Kayla, a she-ape, saved the baby and gave it the name of Tarzan, which means white skin. Then the great she-ape carried him away. Why? Why, that's almost incredible, Donald. Nevertheless, it is true. This mother ape raised Tarzan, protected him, and finally gave her life in his defense. If we, the boy had to fend for himself. At first, every beast was his enemy. But the animal instinct of self-preservation taught him quickly to cope with the jungle. Mm, no wonder he knows the jungle like no one else. Then, later, of Wait, course... Donald, listen. What is it? It sounds like distant thunder. Thank God! It's elephants! They're stampeding! Yeah, nothing can stop them! Nein, nein, but we can try! Get a gun, everybody! And make for those big trees! Those fellas are heading straight for us! Those fellas are heading straight for us! Behold my process! Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh! It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and deliver to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher. Tarzan and his party are searching for the lost scientist, Brian Gregory. Atan Tom and Lal Tosk believe Tarzan to be Brian Gregory and are following his expedition. The ape man overhears Wolf and Magra plotting and learns that Wolf has been bribed by Tom. Later, Tarzan saves Magra from the attack of a lion. As the entire group was gathered about the campfire that night, 
enthralled by the strange story of Tarzan's early life as told by Darno, they hear the distant thunder of mammoth feet. An elephant stampede headed directly for their encampment. Wolf and Larson leap for their guns. Larson, oh, Gandalo, are you crazy, men? You think I am going to stand here like a fool and be crushed to death? Your guns won't help you. I'll take care of that, Lord. Great heavens, Tarzan. Can we climb into the trees or do something? Ethan, they're coming closer. George Ballard will trample the horn axe and incur the terror. Wait, all of you. Stay inside the boma. Donald, see the one leave. What is Tarzan going to do? What can he do? He will. He goes into the trees again. Like a rocket. Atundi, wait. Atundi. you hear? Tarzan knows what he is doing. Swift and straight as an arrow, the ape-man darts through the trees toward the onrushing herd. Again his voice rings out. The answering call of Tantor is close. Down from the upper branches, Tarzan drops like a bullet to balance himself lightly upon the broad limb of a tree in the path of his mighty friends. Once more he lifts his voice. in the lead here. He trumpets an answering call. His voice slackens. As he passes beneath the limb where Tarzan waits, the ape-man drops lightly to broad back. At the words of command, the huge beast swerves sharply. Behind him, the stampeding horde follows. Inside the boma, encircling the Gregory camp, Wolf and Larson hold the frightened natives in check. Near the small campfire, Darno is reassuring Helen, her father, and the Margaret. There is nothing to fear. The elephants will not harm us so long as Tarzan is out there. Listen, Tarzan's call sounds farther away. Maybe he is leading the herd away from the boma. You mean those elephants actually understand him? Better than that, Sir Gregory, they obey him. Ecoute, you hear? The noise of their trampling decreases. This Tarzan is amazing. He is truly a lord of the jungle. The elephants have passed us. How he did it, I don't know. But I think that fellow Tarzan can do anything. Natives are still excited, but they're quieting down now. But, but where is Tarzan? If he got in front of that stampede, he's trampled to death. Oh, Wolf, you can't mean that. How easy that would make everything for us, no, Wolf? Hey, give me that elephant horn, Larson. Here comes a big bull straight for the boom. Wait, there's something on his back. It is Tarzan. Tantor, As Tarzan, perched on Tantor's back, rides into the boma, the natives scatter as the elephant crashes through the thorn barrier. Tarzan's authoritative voice quiets the frightened bearers. They move back as slowly, majestically, Tantor advances toward the little group of astonished whites. Tantor, Tantor. Before the ape-man's amazed friends, the elephant stops. The sinewy trunk reaches up, gently encircles Tarzan's body, and sets him lightly on the ground. Nala, yo, Tanto. The great beast turns at the low-spoken words and moves quickly out of the boma to vanish in the forest shadows. Well, by Yemeni, that's the first time I ever saw a gentle African elephant. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. I can hardly believe it yet, Dad. Is it possible, Lieutenant Danu, that those great beasts understand what Tarzan says? You say, Mademoiselle Magra, I know only that they obey him as you have just seen for yourself. You can all sleep quietly tonight. Tantor will not come this way again. Tell me, Tarzan, are you not afraid of these 
These giant animals? Afraid? I don't know what you mean. Mention skin. Have you no nerves? Nerves, Wolf? There is a difference between fear and caution. The simple difference between life and death. And Tarzan, who has lived with the jungle beasts all his life, knows only caution, but not fear. Back in the Tome Safari, the scheming Atan receives the report of Lal Tusk. And so, the wolf has made no progress. And Magara? She has the opportunity, but does not act. She is the tent mate of the Gregory woman who has the map. Why, then, does she hesitate? Uh, her former admiration for Brian Gregory, who now calls himself Tarzan, has increased. So, Wolf says. So... That is why she does not follow my directions, hmm? Wolf <laughs> believes you have made a mistake in trusting a woman with this mission. What Wolf thinks, Lao Tusk, is of no importance. Wolf believes in more direct methods, as do I, Master. Why not let him try? If he fails, then Lao Tusk and his knife. You and Wolf are taking, not giving orders. As you say, Master. I believe the wolf fears Brian Gregory. So? He tells a weird story of Gregory killing a lion with only a knife. Killing a lion with a knife? Yes, Satan. And in defense of Magra. Magra? <laughs> the admiration of a weak woman for a strong man, Lautask. Of course, Master. Or more likely that she is only following the Atan's directions. Magra was alone. The lion charged. Brian Gregory killed it. <laughs> With a knife, you say? Impossible. <laughs> but Brian Gregory is a powerful man. However, I do not fear physical strength. The brain is more mighty than the strongest arm. As you say, Master. I have a plan for securing Gregory's map which cannot fail. If Magra and Wolf do not succeed, I shall put it into operation. And meanwhile, I will talk to Wolf myself. In the Tarzan encampment, the party is grouped about the fire. The ape-man is bored with the discussion of his past. He cannot understand why his jungle exploits excite such uncalled-for admiration. Dono senses his friend's uneasiness and adroitly changes the subject. Uh, pardon, Monsieur Gregory, but I cannot keep my thoughts from returning constantly to your son, Brian. His letters uh, must have been interesting. They were, Dono, very, when he took time to write. Usually he sent photographs from the different sections of the country he was in. Photographs? Did he ever send any of the Tuambaka region? No, he didn't. Why do you ask? I don't know that particular district and thought photographs, if you had any, might help us. And in his last letter to you, Mademoiselle Aline, uh, when he spoke of the talking apes in the city of Ashier, did he mention hidden treasure? Hidden treasure? Why, why no. Brian was a scientist, Dano, not a treasure hunter. Treasure, hmm? Uh, what kind of treasure, Lieutenant? Well, I, I do not know you. You are see. certain, Gregory, he never said anything about diamonds? Positive. Diamonds? Yeah, that mugger? Diamonds. Now I know that tome is after.
Vagra, I want to talk to you after the others have gone to bed. Over there, back of your tent. offered me a thousand pounds for that map. The treasure is probably worth a million. Maka, we have got to get that paper. Yes, but how? Listen, Tom is following us. Lartask met me on the trail today. He says we got to act at once. We will. <laughs> but not for Mr. Tom. Not for Adam Tom? For whom? Nein, for us. You and me. Oh, and then? I know that to a darker country. <laughs> we'll get a few of these uh, blacks. Leave this expedition and go after the diamonds ourselves. How clever you are, Wolf. When we have it, we make for the coast. Then, then you will find out what a fine sweetheart wolf will make. Huh? <laughs> Nothing will be too good for Magra. <clears throat> now, now you must get them back tonight. But how? Well, they have gone to bed. They are asleep now. You steal it, if you can. If you can't, use this. A knife? Oh. Absolute. If you don't, I will. Magra conceals the heavy clasp knife in the bosom of her dress. Noiselessly, she glides toward the tent where she and Helen sleep. Gently... Cautiously, she raises the flap and steps inside. She raises the flap and steps inside. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher. Tarzan Party is searching for Brian Gregory, a lost archaeologist. Atan Tome and Lal Tosk, who believe Tarzan to be Brian Gregory, are following. During Darno's recital of Tarzan's past, the expedition is endangered by stampeding elephants. Tarzan leads the elephants away from the encampment and returns riding the leader of the herd. After the other members of the party have gone to bed, Wolf apparently convinces Magra that she must steal the map of Asher from Helen Gregory. 
Magra consents and cautiously enters Helen's tent. Helen. Helen. Hmm? What? Oh, why? Why, Margaret? Why, what's the matter? Keep your voice low and listen. You have a map. What's that? How do you know? Wait, please. You have a map which shows the city of Ashir. You must not keep that paper with you or in your tent. Why, what do you know of the map? Who told you? Never mind who. It is enough that I know of it. And if I know, there may be others who know. You must keep this map to Tarzan if you wish to preserve it. And keep yourself out of danger. What? Myself out of danger? Oh, why, who would want to harm me out here in the jungle? Please, Helen, do as I say. But suppose I gave this map to Tarzan. Wouldn't that be placing him in this danger? Danger to Tarzan? Danger to a man who kills lions with a knife? Who makes elephants obey his commands? Well, I, I suppose you're right, but still I don't see... I ask you to trust me, Helen. You must give this map to Tarzan. Well, all right, have it your own way. I will. And you will give it to him in the presence of us all? Yes, I'll do that too, if you insist. One thing more. It is better I do not appear in this. You will not mention my name. Very well. It's all a deep mystery to me, but... But if it'll make you sleep any easier, I'll do as you say. Now do go to bed. A strange, murky flavor hangs in the sultry air of the African night. The jungle seems to murmur and breathe its scented breath across the soft, dark world. Presently, over the sleeping camp, the night shadows melt into the early gray of daybreak, which in equatorial Africa is almost as short as the lighting of a candle. The patterned roof of the forest is etched in the timid green of dawn as the expedition once more gets underway. Wolf strides along beside Magra before taking up his post at the rear of the column. Oh, you missed again last night. Ah, what do you suppose I give you that knife for? I searched the tent. The map was not there. Um, the woman. Helen woke up when I went to her car to search her. Well, you had the knife. Why didn't you use it? And roused the entire camp. Magra is no fool. And so we start all over again. Well, if the map wasn't in that tent, where is it? I do not know. But I am sure Helen is not carrying it. And it must be the old man. If he's got it, leave it to me. I will have that map before tomorrow morning. Now you... Hello there, Margaret. Wolf. Phew, this is hot. It's worse than Chicago in July. I can't get used to it. <laughs> That's not all you will have to get used to in the jungle, Mr. Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I admit this is all new to me. But I'm willing to learn. You will. <clears throat> well, I... I'm going back where I belong. Some of these sports are inclined to lay down on the job. Margaret, you've been in the jungle before. Is it always necessary to break trail like this? It slows us up terribly. That depends on the region one is in. Near the equator, the vegetation is heavy like this. There are sections where it is unnecessary. Well, I hope we strike better going soon. I'm anxious to get to this Tuanbaka country. By the way, how far do you go with us? My destination is also in the Tuanbaka Valley. In the rear of the column, Wolf barks guttural commands at the sweating bearers. He frowns darkly as his brain grapples with the problem of how to get the map from Helen's father. Exasperated, he drops to a seat on a great moss-covered limb beside the trail and wipes the sweat from his eyes with the back of a hairy hand. Behind him, a dry twig snaps. He whirls. Oh, no, Becker. Uh, 
What are you doing here, Tom? An unnecessary question, Wolf. You know why I am here. What have you and Margaret done about the map? Well, Margaret searched the girl's tent last night, but no luck. And you? Nothing. They watched me like a hawk. Mm, have you ever heard of Confucius, Wolf? The Chinaman? Hmm. What about him? <laughs> Confucius once said, Pekin has only one gate, but many roads lead to it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, I have tried. You are a blundering idiot, uh, Wolf. I show you. I get that map tonight. No. You will listen to me now. And you will do exactly as I say. Well, what is it? Is there a medicine man, a witch doctor with these natives? Well, of course. With a crowd of parents like we have, uh, there's always one. Mm. He is a valuable man to us, Wolf. What's the idea? Suppose with his influence he were to incite the bearers to desert your safari and join mine. Well, 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 but then... <laughs> I am indicating to you one of the roads leading to Pekin. Wolf, I want the Gregory party left alone and unprotected in the jungle. <laughs> river we're coming to, Tarzan. Do we cross? Tomorrow, yes. Uh, I've been to the river. It is full of crocodiles. Gimla water attackers. But keep the natives away from the water. There seems to be some excitement among the natives. I hope we're not going to have another such experience as we had the first night out. No, they're probably getting ready to hold a ceremony in honor of the river god. It's the usual thing. Yeah, that's nothing on a long safari. What kind of ceremony, Wolf? Oh, just what they're heathen mumbo-chumbos. It's supposed to drive the crocodiles away. I have seen it often, Mr. Gregory. It is interesting. Mm, another beautiful jungle night. After a square meal like that, anything looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, even the boys. But look at them. What are they doing around the big fire? They seem to be putting on some sort of ceremonial garb. Look at that old fellow wearing the horn headdress and prancing around like an Apache chief. That is the witch doctor, Monsieur Gregory. He has more influence with the natives of his tribe than even their head chief. Oh, yes, I know. Among our Indians at home, the medicine man is a very important person. In the jungle, the witch doctor is a sub-chief. But as Darno says, his influence is great. <laughs> The big fellow leading the dance. Isn't he the one you calmed down the other night? Yes. He looks terribly savage in that crocodile headdress and paint. You know, he acts as if he might go mad again. Have no fear, Mademoiselle Elaine. He is merely working himself up to the proper religious excitement. What's in that big kettle the witch doctors make passes over? That's what they call uh, the Miam Chai Chai. The voodoo faraban fixing to put Titan's friend to sleep. What is this Bang Chai? Ah, a dirty mess. Cooked up from roots and herbs. The bark from the foot of carpus tree. It's rotten stuff. Looks strong. Ever tasted it? Mm, yeah, her voice. Now, now, watch the medicine man and the big black. He will drink from the gourd the old man is holding in his hands. Then he'll go to sleep, and then the fireworks. When the big fellow falls down, the, the witch doctor will start working on him. See that? He's down already. Yeah, that stuff is strong. Those drums. Oh, so weird. They make my blood run cold. You know, 
He does not feel it, Mr. Gregory. Baka, that's it. What, Wolf? I am going to get some of that stuff from the witch doctor and give it to the old man. The rest will be easy. Well, if this voodoo business been supposed to keep crocodiles away, it ain't much good tonight. Look there, crawling out of the water. The crocodile, in spite of their monkey business. A big fella, too. Just a minute, they get my gun and they fix me. Come back here, Arthur. Larson pays no attention to Darzan's warning. As the hunter approaches, the crocodile stops, faces the hunter. A bull-like roar issues from its throat. He gets closer and assures himself of a rain of the dark. The sweep leaps over a boulder in his path. Lighting, he slips and falls. The rifle flies from his hands. Head strikes the stone. Dazed, he slumps to the ground. With a rush, the great saurian's tooth jaws open and slavering, closes in on its helpless victim. In one lightning-like movement, Tarzan leaps to his feet and hurls himself to the attack. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Tarzan and the Diamond of Asher. with Darno and two hunters, is leading a jungle expedition in search of Brian Gregory. In the party are Brian Gregory's father and sister, Helen. Magra, a mysterious Eurasian girl, is also with the Tarzan Gregory safari. It is through Magra that Atan Tom hopes to get possession of a map showing the location of the forbidden city of Asher. In their camp on the bank of a tributary of the Ubangi River, the white group is watching a native ceremony when Lawson, the sweet hunter, spies a giant crocodile coming toward them. With his gun ready, Larson heads for the monster. He slips and falls directly in the path of the old team. That fool, Tarzan. Somebody help them. They will both be killed. With a mighty pound, Tarzan. 
man throws himself into the air to land directly in front of the charging crocodile. Holmes' black jaws open wide and snap shut with a sickening crunch. Like lightning, the ape-man leaps aside. His powerful hands flash out, clamping themselves like iron bands about the jaws. The huge saurian's bloodshot eyes roll in mad agony. Its giant tail lashes furiously. Every muscle in its long body screams to break the death grip of this man-thing. Slowly, relentlessly, Tarzan twists and bends the mammoth head aside and back. Back! Behind him, the ape-man's friends watch in spellbound silence. Tarzan's feet grip the ground. Under his glistening skin, the muscles stand out like steel cables. He gathers himself for a supreme effort. One terrific, twisting lunge. Like a fusillade of pistol shots, the crocodile's vertebrae crack sharply. Out of Tarzan's hand, the monster slips to the ground. Lifeless. Good heavens! He broke that thing's neck. Strength of ten giants. Look, now he picks Larson up just like a baby. Wolf, send those boys down and get them back to their quarters. Yeah, Wolf. Dono, come look at Larson's leg. He's conscious now. Mm, there's no, 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 there are no bones broken on the knee. And not a sign of a sprain. Good. Now get up, Larson. Try to walk. Yeah. So, why, your leg is all right. Yeah, sure. It's been all right now. But they wouldn't have no legs at all if it ain't been for you, Tarzan. They come to just in time to see that croc drop dead. Uh, what happened? Nothing, Larson. Gimla was angry and had to be killed. But the way you killed him. I remember once before, my friend, you fought the crocodile, but that was in the water and you used your knife. You mean he finished this one with his bare hands? Larson, avec les mains. There was no time for my knife. A second more and Gimla would have had you. Yes, that. Yes, Larson, just like that. It was done so quickly it was all over before I realized it. Tarzan jumped and landed in front of the brute. He clamped its jaws shut with his hands and held them. Then, oh, it was beautiful. He lifted the thing half off the ground and twisted its head until it snapped. Nagra has the right word. It was terrible, but beautiful. Tarzan, he don't like to talk about this, but... But they go through fire for you. Here being my hand. Forget it, Larson. You do the same for me if you have the chance. Meanwhile, Wolf and the witch doctor have quieted the natives. As the blacks return to their shelters, Wolf motions to the wrinkled old sorcerer. He follows the German to a far side of the boma. The bully make big boy sleep tonight in Mamba Nogoma, huh? Bully make much medicine. Mbuli Nakuba, doctor man. Mbuli Sabi fix him for strong medicine. Much strong Mbang Chai. Yeah, it's fine stuff. I want some, you got? Mbang Chai bad for white man. Make him sleep long time. Never mind that. I know how to use it. Here, Mbuli, fill this task. Bring Mbang Chai to me. I give ten pesa. Can do. Wanna be careful? Give too much, white man, no wake up. Don't worry. Go, filthy flask, not you. Wolf watches the old man as he walks to the cauldron over the ceremonial fire. A weasened little magician fills the flask, tucks it out of sight, and hurries back to the German. Yeah, mbang chai for buona. No give too much. White man sleep long time. Yeah, I know. Here's your money. Listen, Mbuli. You and the boys get good pay on this safari? Mm, pretty good. 
Sam, like always. You like catch em plenty money more? Plenty chumdi? Uh, plenty salt? Can do, Buana. Good. He big Buana. Odare Buana. He come behind this safari. Today, walk back along same trail. He walk on bully on these boys come along with him. What for we go? Never mind that. You talk, talk along boys. Get ready for runaway. I tell you when to go. Then you take all supplies, all chakula. It all belong to you. Umbuli sabi. Umbuli sabi. When you get back there with that rich Odali Buani Safari, you get plenty whiskey. Mm. You like? Yeah, we like. Good, the Jamahio. We go now? No, nein. Not till I talk, talk you. And remember, no fighting, no killing. You and the boys should uh, disappear in the jungle. The two conspirators separate. Mbuli to vanish silently among the tents of the bearers. Wolf to stride rapidly toward the group of whites around the fire. At the edge of the circle of firelight, he pauses to watch Helen Gregory and her father. He sees the girl pass a folded paper to the old gentleman. A grim smile touches the German's lips. He knows where the map is now. Nonchalantly, he approaches the group and drops down beside Margaret. Listen, Marker. I know who's got the map now. What happened to the natives, Wolf? Turned in? Uh, <coughs> yeah, here, Kinnickery. Uh, they're all asleep by this time. Did you hear, Magra? Yes. How do you know? I just saw the girl give it to her father. Well, how are you going to get it? Oh, I won't hurt him at all. He'll just uh, go to sleep and uh, I get what I want. Asleep? What do you mean? I mean, uh, well, never mind what I mean. But the old man won't be robbed. If he is wolf, Tarzan will kill you. Don't, don't worry. Nothing will happen to him. But I'll have that map on them the diamonds. You with me, huh? Now, just as soon as the fire dies down a little, Magra, I am going to pretend to go to bed. You stay here. And if anyone leaves the fire, you start to sing. Understand? I understand. Meanwhile, back in the Tom Safari, the Atan makes clear his plans to Lal Tusk and explains to him what his duties will be in carrying them out. <laughs> Laltas will soon have the opportunity to get the action he has been longing for. <laughs> How so, Atan? We shall fill Gregory's blacks with strong drink. They will be told the members of the Gregory Safari are children of the devil possessed of evil spirits. <laughs> Do you begin to understand, eh? <laughs> Lal Tusk is not without imagination. When the blacks have been aroused to the proper pitch of madness, the Atan will place himself at their head and lead them out to capture the Gregories and their friends. Right, my friend, in every detail except one. Lal Tusk perhaps does not understand. I see that you do not exactly. You shall lead the blacks. And the Atan, where will ye be? I? <laughs> I shall be with the witch doctor in the rear, directing the uh, arrangements, yes. <laughs> I am to trust myself to a crowd of drink trays, blacks. No, Atan, Tom. Lead your own mad army. So. So. You have forgotten, Sidi Barabbas. And that. 
Well, I saved your worthless life from the English who were about to shoot you as a spy, eh? Why, you unbelieving dog! You owe your life to me! A thousand hundred times over! Uh, enough, master. Lautask leads the attack. Better. Much better. <laughs> I am glad to see you so eager to serve me, Lautask. And, uh... Share in the riches of our share. Oh, you are a brave man. <laughs> in the Gregory camp, the flames of the campfires are burning low. Larson is recounting, for the benefit of Mr. Gregory, one of his jungle exploits. Tarzan sits watching the Swede, a half-smile playing over his features as he listens. A few feet away, Helen and Darno are comparing notes on the Frenchman's beloved Paris. Wolf's keen eyes note how wholly the two groups are engrossed in their own conversations. Slowly, he backs out of the light circle. Once in the deep shadow, he moves quickly to Gregory's tent. He takes down the canteen, empties into it the contents of a flask, and hangs it back. A few quick strides, and he is in his own tent. From the corners of her eyes, Magra has closely followed the German's every move. She rises casually and walks away into the shadows, then quickly, noiselessly, to Wolf's tent. She lifts the canteen from its hook. A few steps, and she has reached Gregory's shelter. Here she removes the poisoned canteen, exchanges it for Wolf's untainted one, and, returning to the German's tent, hangs the poison-filled bag on its hook. To the German's tent, hangs the poison-filled bag on its hook. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts, or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!